Section 38 of the French Revolution. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Geoffrey Church. The French Revolution by Thomas Carlyle. Volume 1, Book 6, Chapter 3. The General Overturn. Of the King's Court, for the present, there is almost nothing whatsoever to be said. Silent, deserted are these halls. Royalty languishes, forsaken of its war god and all its hopes, till once the Ouille de Bouffe rally again. The scepter is departed from King Louis, is gone over to the Salle de Menu, to the Paris town hall, or one knows not whither. In the July days, while all ears were yet deafened by the crash of the Bastille, and ministers and princes were scattered to the four winds, it seemed as if the very valet had grown heavy of hearing. Bessinval, also in flight towards infinite space, but hovering a little at Versailles, was addressing his majesty personally for an order about post-horses, when, lo, the valet in waiting places himself familiarly between his majesty and me, stretching out his rascal neck to learn what it was. His majesty in sudden collar whirled around, made a clutch of the tongues. I gently prevented him. He grasped my hand in thankfulness, and I noticed tears in his eyes. Poor king! The French kings also are men. Louis Fourteenth himself once clutched the tongs, and even smote with them. But then it was at Louvois, and Dame Maintenon ran up. The queen sits weeping in her inner apartments, surrounded by weak women. She is at the height of unpopularity, universally regarded as the evil genius of France. Her friends and familiar counsellors have all fled, and fled surely on the foolishest other errand. The Chateau Polignac still frowns aloft on its bold and enormous cubical rock, amid the blooming champagnes, amid the blue girdling mountains of Auvergne. But no Duke and Duchess Polignac look forth from it. They have fled. They have met Necker at Bâle, and they shall not return. That France should see her nobles resist the irresistible, inevitable, with the face of angry men, was unhappy, not unexpected. But with the face and sense of pettish children, this was her peculiarity. They understood nothing, would understand nothing. Does not at this hour a new Polignac, first born of these two, sit reflective in the ha castle of Ham, in an astonishment he will never recover from, the most confused of existing mortals? King Louis has his new ministry, mere popularities, old President Pompignan, Necker, come back in triumph, and other such. But what will it avail him? As was said, the scepter, all but the wooden gilt scepter, has departed elsewhither. Volition, determination is not in this man. Only innocence, indolence, dependence on all persons but himself, 
on all circumstances but the circumstances he were lord of so troublous internally is our versailles at its work beautiful if seen from afar resplendent like a sun see near at hand a mere sun's atmosphere hiding darkness confused ferment of ruin but over france there goes on the indisputablest destruction of formulas transactions of realities that follow therefrom so many millions of persons all jived and nigh strangled with formulas whose life nevertheless at least the digestion and hunger of it was real enough heaven has at length sent an abundant harvest but what profits it the poor man when earth with her formulas interposes industry in these times of inner insurrection must needs lie dormant capital as usual not circulating but stagnating timorously in nooks the poor man is short of work is therefore short of money nay even had he money bread is not to be bought for it were it plotting of aristocrats plotting of d'orleans were it brigands preternatural terror and the clang of phoebus apollo's silver bow enough the markets are scarce of grain plentiful only in tumult farmers seem lazy to thresh being either bribed or needing no bribe with prices ever rising with perhaps rent itself no longer pressing neither what is singular do municipal enactments that along with so many measures of wheat you shall set so many of rye and other the like much mend the matter dragoons with drawn swords stand ranked among the corn sacks often more dragoons than sacks meal mobs abound growing into mobs of a still darker quality starvation has been known among the french commonality before this known and familiar did we not see them in the year seventeen seventy five presenting in sallow faces in wretchedness and raggedness their petition of grievances and for answer getting a brand new gallows forty feet high hunger and darkness through long years for look back on that earlier paris riot where a great personage worn out by debauchery was believed to be in want of blood-baths and mothers in worn raiment yet with living hearts under it filled the public places with their wild rachel cries stilled also by the gallows twenty years ago the friend of men described limousin peasants as wearing a pain-stricken look a look past complaint as if the oppression of the great were like the hail and the thunder a thing irredeemable the ordinance of nature and now if in some great hour the shock of a falling bastille should awaken you and it were found to be the ordinance of art merely the remediable reversible or has the reader forgotten that the flood of savages which in sight of the same friend of men descended from the mountains of mount d'or lank-haired haggard faces shapes raw-boned in high sabots in woolen jupes with leather girdles studded with copper nails they rocked from foot to foot and beat time with their elbows too as the quarrel and battle which was not long in the beginning went on 
shouting fiercely, the lank faces distorted in the similitude of a cruel laugh. For they were darkened and hardened. Long had they been the prey of excisemen and taxmen, of clerks with the cold spurt of their pen. It was the fixed prophecy of our old Marquis, which no man would listen to, that such government by blind man's buff, stumbling along too far, would end by the general overturn, the colbut général. No man would listen. Each went his thoughtless way, and time and destiny also travelled on. The government by blind man's buff, stumbling along, had reached the precipice inevitable for it. Dull drudgery, driven on by clerks with the cold, dastard spurt of their pen, has been driven into a communion of drudges. For now, moreover, there have come the strangest confused tidings, by Paris journals with their paper wings, or still more portentous, where no journals are, by rumor and conjecture. Oppression not inevitable, a Bastille prostrate, and the Constitution fast getting ready. Which Constitution, if it be something and not nothing, what can it be but bread to eat? The traveler, walking uphill, bridle in hand, overtakes a poor woman. The image, as such commonly are, are dr of drudgery and scarcity, looking sixty years of age, though she is not yet twenty-eight. They have seven children, her poor drudge and she, a farm with only one cow, which helps to make the children soup, also one little horse or garron. They have rents and quit rents, hens to pay to the seigneur, oat sacks to that, king's taxes, statute labor, church taxes, taxes enough, and think the times inexpressible. She has heard that somewhere, in some manner, something is to be done for the poor. God send it soon, for the dues and taxes crush us down. Fair prophecies are spoken, but they are not fulfilled. There have been notables, assemblages, turnings out and comings in, intriguing and maneuvering parliamentary eloquence and arguing greek meaning greek in high places has long gone on yet still bread comes not the harvest is reaped and garnered yet still we have no bread urged by despair and by hope what can drudgery do but rise as predicted and produce the general overturn fancy then some five full-grown millions of such gaunt figures with their haggard faces in woolen jupes with copper-studded leather girths and high sabots starting up to ask as if in forest roarings their washed upper classes after long unreviewed centuries virtually this question how have ye treated us how have ye taught us fed us and led us while we toiled for you the answer can be read in flames over this nightly summer sky this is the feeding and leading we have of you emptiness of pocket of stomach of head and of heart behold there is nothing in us nothing but what nature gives her wild children of the desert ferocity an appetite strength grounded on hunger 
Did ye mark among your rights of man that man was not to die of starvation while there was bread reaped by him? It is among the mites of man. Seventy-two chateaus have flamed aloft in the Maconnais and Beaujolais alone. This seems the center of the conflagration. But it has spread over Dauphine, Alsace, the Lyonnais. The whole southeast is in blaze. All over the north, from Rouen to Metz, disorder is abroad. Smugglers of salt go openly in armed bands. The barriers of towns are burnt. Toll-gatherers, tax-gatherers, official persons put to flight. It was thought, says Young, the people from hunger would revolt. And we see they have done it. Desperate lackalls, long prowling, aimless, now finding hope in desperation itself, everywhere form a nucleus. They ring the church bell by way of toxin, and the parish turns out to the work. Ferocity, atrocity, hunger, and revenge, such work as we can imagine. Ill stands it now with the seigneur, who, for example, has walled up the only fountain of the township, who has ridden high on his chartier and parchments, who has preserved gain not wisely but too well. Churches also and canonry are sacked without mercy, which have shorn the flock too close for getting defeated. Woe to the land over which Saint-Culottism, in its day of vengeance, tramps roughshod, shod in the sabbats, High-bred seniors with their delicate women and little ones had to fly half-naked under clouds of night, glad to escape the flames and even worse. You meet them at the table d'hôte of inns, making wise reflections or foolish that rank is destroyed, uncertain whither they, now, they shall now wend. The metayer will find it convenient to be slack in paying rent. As for the tax-gatherer, he long hunting as a biped of prey may now get hunted as one. His Majesty's exchequer will not fill up the deficit this season. It is the notion of many that a patriot Majesty, being the restorer of French liberty, has abolished most taxes, though for their private ends some men make a secret of it. Where will this end? In the abyss, one may prophesy? whither all delusions are, at all moments traveling, where this delusion has now arrived. For if there be a faith from of old, it is this, as we often repeat, that no lie can live forever. The very truth has to change its vesture from time to time and can be born again. But all lies have sentence of death written down against them, and heaven's chancery itself and slowly or fast advanced incessantly towards their hour. The sign of a grand seigneur being landlord, says the vehement plain-spoken Arthur Young, our wastes, lands, deserts, ling, go to his residence. You will find it in the middle of the forest, peopled with deer, wild boars, and wolves. The fields are scenes of pitiable management, as the houses are of misery. To see so many millions of hands that would be industrious, all idle and starving. Oh, if I were a legislator of France for one day, I would make these great lords skip again. Oh, Arthur, thou, ha thou now actually beholdest them skip. Wilt thou grow to grumble at that too?
for long years and generations it lasted but the time came featherbrain whom no reasoning and no pleading could touch the glare of the firebrand had to illuminate there remained but that method consider it look at it the widow is gathering nettles for her children's dinner a perfumed seigneur delicately lounging at the oeil de boeuf as an alchemy whereby he will extract from her the third nettle and name it rent and law such an arrangement must end ought it but almost fearful is such an ending let those to whom god and his great mercy has granted time and space prepare another and milder one to women it is a matter of wonder that the seigneurs did not do something to help themselves say combine and arm for there were a hundred and fifty thousand of them all violent enough unhappily a hundred and fifty thousand scattered over wide provinces divided by mutual ill-will cannot combine the highest seigneurs as we have seen had already emigrated with a view of putting france to the blush neither are arms now the peculiar property of seigneurs but of every mortal who has ten shillings wherewith to buy a second-hand firelock besides those starving peasants after all have not four feet and claws that you could keep them down permanently in that manner they are not even of black colour they are mere unwashed seigneurs and a seigneur too has human bowels the seigneurs did what they could enrolled in national guards fled with shrieks complaining to heaven and earth one seigneur famed meme of quince quincy near vesoul invited all the rustics of his neighbourhood to a banquet blew up his chateau and them with gunpowder and instantaneously vanished no man yet knows whither some half dozen years back he came back and demonstrated that it was by accident nor are the authorities idle though unluckily all authorities municipalities and such like are in the uncertain transitionary state getting regenerated from old monarchic to new democratic no official yet knows clearly what he is nevertheless mayors old or new to gather marechauses national guards troops of the line justice of the most summary sort is not wanting the electoral committee of macon though but a committee goes the length of hanging for its own behoof as many as twenty the prevot dauphine traverses the country with a movable column with tip staves gallow ropes for gallows any tree will serve and suspend its culprit or thirteen culprits unhappy country how is the fair golden green of the ripe bright year defaced with horrid blackness black ashes of chateaus black bodies of gibbeted men industry has ceased in it not sounds of the hammer and saw but of toxin and alarm drum the sceptre has departed whither one knows not breaking itself in pieces here impotent there tyrannous national guards are unskilful and of doubtful purpose soldiers are inclined to mutiny there is danger that they too may quarrel danger that they may agree strasbourg has seen riots 
a town hall torn to shreds, its archives scattered white on the winds, drunk soldiers embracing drunk citizens for three days, and Mayor Dietrich and Marshal Rochambeau reduced nigh to desperation. Through the middle of all which phenomena has seen on his triumphant transit, escorted through Belfort, for instance, by fifty national horsemen and all military music of the place, Monsieur Necker, returning from Bale, glorious as the meridian, though poor Necker himself partly guesses whither it is leading, one highest culminating day at the Paris town hall with immortal vivance with wife and daughter kneeling publicly to kiss his hand, with Bessenval's pardon granted, but indeed revoked before sunset, one highest day, but then lower days, and even lower, down even to lowest. Such magic is in a name, and in the want of a name, like some enchanted Mambrino's helmet, essential to victory, comes the saviour of France, beshouted, besymboled by the world, Alas, so soon to be disenchanted, to be pitched shamefully over the lists as a barber's basin. Gibbon could wish to show him to any man of solidity, who were minded to have the soul burnt out of him, and become a caput mortuum by ambition unsuccessful or successful. Another small facis we add, and no more. How, in the autumn months, our sharp-tempered Arthur has been pestered for some days past by shot, lead drops, and slugs, rattling five or six times into my chaise and about my ears, all the mob of the country gone out to kill game. It is even so. On the cliffs of Dover, over all the marches of France, there appear this autumn two signs on the earth, emigrant flights of French seigneurs, emigrant winged flights of French game. Finished, one may say, or as good as finished, is the preservation of game on this earth, completed for endless time. What part it had to play in the history of civilization is played plaudite, exiat. In this manner does Saint-Culottism blaze up, illustrating many things, producing among the rest, as we saw on the 4th of August, that semi-miraculous night of Pentecost in the National Assembly, semi-miraculous, which had its causes and its effects. Feudalism is struck dead, not on parchment only, non and by ink, but in very fact, by fire, say, by self-combustion. This conflagration of the southeast will abate, will be got scattered to the west, or else wither, extinguish it will not till the fuel be all done end of section 38 recording by jeffrey church